There are three things that you need to be thinking about right now to set your spring garden up for success. Yes, I know it's the middle of January, but when you focus on these three things, your garden will transform from underperforming to overproducing. If you have been less than thrilled with your garden harvest in the springs of past, listen up because this episode is for you. Hey Zone 9 Gardener, did you know that you can harvest from your backyard garden 52 weeks a year? That's right, in the Wild Child Garden there's no need for cover crops. There's never a time when we can't plant something and there's always room to add some beauty. On the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast, I'm going to show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden. And you can learn more about growing beautiful veggies the wild child way at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are digging into three things you need to know in order to set your spring garden up for success. And you need to start thinking about these things right now. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on the day or week that it's being released, you're listening in mid-January, and we have to discuss the elephant in the room, guys. Next week here in South Louisiana, we are going to have a major freeze event. Temperatures down into the low 20s, upper teens, nighttime lows for multiple days in a row that are going to be way too cold for even our winter vegetables. I want to direct you to a few things that you can take a look at that will help you get prepared for this winter freeze. Now, the first thing is I want to direct you to a couple of podcast episodes that will really help you. Episodes number 12 and 13 both have to do with freeze events and how to protect your garden in case of one. I'm going to link those for you below. And then episode number 13 also is going to explain to you what you need to do after a freeze. This is also something that really tends to get complicated. We kind of overthink this a lot. Um, I'll give you the short version. Do nothing for at least a week. We're going to talk about that a lot in podcast episode number 13. So go back and listen to those. I'll link them for you below. I also want to make sure you know about my free mini course, Understanding Frost and Freezes. This is an amazing in-depth, I'm talking an education on frost and freezes. This is going to give you everything from start to finish of how we handle frosts and freezes. What's the difference between the two? How we protect our garden in different instances. I link my freeze supply list there for you. This course is great. And finally, if you just need some supplies, you know what to do, but you need a few refills on supplies, head to my Amazon store and go ahead and grab my favorite freeze supplies. You can visit my Amazon store at the link below for you. Okay, let's dig into three things that you need to know right now to increase your harvest. This is beyond important. If I could tell you just anything right now in January, it would be this. I know that we're super excited about starting seeds. I know that we're perusing the seed catalogs. I know that we are dreaming of spring in so many ways. And I also know that a lot of times this just isn't the big glamorous 
thing we want to do in January, right? A lot of us have cabin fever. One of my favorite authors, Ann Boskamp, advises to never make a life-altering decision in January or February because our minds are just yearning for new, right? The garden year is going to start again in March. It's going to come and we're going to be so excited. But if that is all we focus on, we're going to miss this very important window of opportunity that we're not going to be able to get back. I want you to really focus on these three things because I know from my own experience and from coaching gardeners for four years now that this is the way. This is how you get that garden that you want. This is the secret. Three secrets, actually. I'm going to dig into those with you today, and I'm so excited to do that. So let's dig in first with number one, the most important thing you can do. The most important thing you can do for your spring garden is set your focus on your soil. Now, I know that soil is not glamorous, but I'm telling you this. Once you dig into soil and you really start learning about it, understanding it, and really begin to see the amazing world that is underground, it gets a whole lot more exciting. I want you to do a couple of things to get your soil ready for spring. Did you know that you need to do that? Now, listen, a lot of us could just be sitting around here today with a garden that is overgrown with weeds. I've been there. Or a garden that still has last year's tomatoes in it. I've been there too. No judgment. Now is the time to get that right. And listen, if you follow these instructions, if you garden like a wild child, you will never have to pull a weed again. So go ahead and take it all in. Put in the work right now for your future garden because I'm telling you, it's only going to get better from here. So how do we focus on building our soil? Well, step one is that we're going to test it. We must test our soil in order to know what we're working with. Did you know that if you have a pH that is not in the range that your vegetables that you're growing really want it to be, you are going to end up with a garden that does virtually nothing. I will tell you this quick story. We have a new gardener inside of the Wild Child Garden Club this season, and she's a phenomenal gardener. She loves growing her garden in her backyard. She's a newlywed, and she's absolutely precious, and she fought this from the majority of the beginning of her season, and she fought in silence. When she messaged me, finally, she was at her wit's end, and she said, I don't know what to do. My lettuce is the exact same size that it was when I planted. My broccoli is the exact same size as it was when I planted. Now, this was months ago, and I said to her, step one is always going to be to test your soil. We have to know what we're working with here. You could have all the nutrients in the world, and if your pH is off, your plants cannot take them up. So it doesn't matter how much you're feeding. It doesn't matter how much you are doing everything right. If your pH is off, it messes everything up. 
Sure enough, she tested her pH. It was super high. So she began working to bring her pH down. And guess what? She's about to harvest her first broccoli. And she has already harvested from her garden this season and is on cloud nine. Understanding your soil and how it works is the key. And I love being able to teach the gardeners that are in my programs this concept. Because once you understand that, you can really grow anything. So we work a lot on that inside of my programs. And it was just a joy to be able to talk back and forth with her and get her soil where it needs to be. And now her garden is thriving and it will continue to thrive. And when things start going awry, guess what? She knows exactly what to do. She's becoming a gardener. And that is a privilege and an absolute honor for me to be a part of. So understanding your soil, knowing how soil works, is a top priority for the wild child gardener. Step one, we're going to test our soil. Step two, we're going to amend where necessary. And we're going to do this before we ever plant. This is so important. We cannot amend after we plant. You see how I said we've got this tiny window? By the beginning of February, you need to be working on testing that soil and amending that soil. Simply because if you wait, what's going to happen is you're going to have plants in that soil. And I can promise you this. If you're anything like me, you're going to say, well, I'll do that next year. This year, I'm just going to continue fertilizing. And that, my friends, is the equivalent of going to the grocery store while you're hungry. You know that never ends well. Actually, what you're doing is harming your garden. Just like when you get to the point where you haven't eaten all day long, it's four o'clock, you're starving, you grab the box of Little Debbie's, there is nothing in you that is like, let me think of what would be really good for me right now. No, we say, I'll deal with that tomorrow. That's the same exact thing that happens when we don't take this opportunity in late January to amend our soil. We say, I'll do that next season. For now, I'm just going to fertilize. But guess what? The more you fertilize, the worse your soil gets. And that is not coincidental. Isn't it convenient that the fertilizer companies want us to continue fertilizing? I think that's pretty not coincidental, right? The more you fertilize, the more you need to fertilize. Break the cycle today, this month, this season, and test and amend your soil before you plant. Now, here is the second thing that you've got to do before spring comes. You've got to create a plan. And this plan needs to be good. This plan needs to maximize space. It needs to increase your harvest and it needs to make your garden beautiful. When you create a garden plan, what you are doing is setting up yourself for fewer pests, less disease, and not one weed. And the way that we do this is by intensively planting. So when I say get a garden plan, what I'm saying is make sure that you have drawn out your beds. Make sure you know the spacing of the vegetables that you want to grow. Make sure you're growing things that benefit each other together in the same bed. And make sure that you are maximizing that space. When you intensively plant, you are taking things that 
typically would require 12 or 18 inches of space, and you are putting other plants that don't compete with those plants in spacing underneath them. You're putting them in the root zone. You're putting them under the drip line. And what you're going to have is two, three, four times the harvest in the same space. Now, this is an art and it is so fun. So don't skip this part. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do this on your own. I have a free resource for you, and this is kind of a big deal because up until this point, this resource has only been available to students in the Kitchen Garden Academy and members of the Wild Child Garden Club. So this is my Wild Child Garden Guide, and let me tell you, this is garden gold. Inside of this guide, I walk you through every vegetable that I can think of that you might want to grow. I'm going to share with you when you need to plant it. I'm going to share with you when you start seeds for it. I'm going to share with you the spacing it requires. I'm even going to tell you how many you should plant for your family size. This garden guide is one of my favorite resources, and I'm thrilled to share it with you. Now, you can download the guide at the link below, or you can visit releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash garden guide and get your copy for free today. Have you been frustrated or underwhelmed with your garden's performance in the past? I invite you to join me inside the Kitchen Garden Academy and let this be the year you become a gardener. Inside the Kitchen Garden Academy, I will help you design, plant, and grow an overproducing and beautiful vegetable garden in any space, step by step by step. Get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash academy and I'll be growing with you inside. Okay, so you've tested your soil and now you know what's going on underground, which believe me is way more important than what's going on above ground. And you've got a garden plan. Now you're well on your way to a pretty amazing season. Finally, though, we have to choose plants that meet our goals. And that means that we have to have goals. We can't just go into our garden season willy-nilly. It just won't work. What ends up happening when we don't have a plan and we don't amend our soil and we just go to the nursery at some point in mid-March we're just setting ourselves up to be very frustrated, disappointed gardeners. The reason that we do this, though, is because we don't know any better. We don't know that we need to test and amend our soil. We don't know that we need to create a garden plan so that we maximize our space and increase our harvest, decrease pests, make disease and weeds non-existent. We don't know it. So we just mid-March go to the nursery, right? And they are all too happy to sell us anything we would like. The education, though, is the missing piece. And I want you to really understand this. One year, and I've probably told you this story already before, but one year I decided I was going to grow these rare and exotic tomatoes. I got so excited for them. I bought all these seeds online. I started them by seed. I raised them up, transplanted them into my garden, had beautiful plants. And while everyone else in the garden club were harvesting 
baskets of tomatoes, I was waiting on my two or three total tomatoes in the garden to ripen. Do you know the pressure that comes along with that whenever you just have one tiny tomato for the whole season and you just want it to ripen so bad? That is a lot of pressure. That makes gardening not fun. That's what was happening to me. And I protected those tomatoes like it was my job. I had netting around them. I was spraying for pests like crazy. Well, that is just not how it's supposed to be. But the more rare and more exotic a variety, the less it's going to produce and the more finicky it's going to be. So it's almost like you better really love it and it better be something that you can get excited about just seeing and the accomplishment of it because you're not going to have an overproducing harvest from it. That's for sure. What I learned from that season and those tomatoes is that the reality is there are all kinds of varieties. We need to find the ones that like to grow where we live and that will help us reach our goals. If your goal is canning and you want to make a lot of salsa, a lot of red sauce, then what you want to do is grow determinate tomatoes. That way you can harvest them all at the same time, make your sauces and be done. You don't want to have to constantly be picking, waiting for a week, a week and a half till you have enough to make a batch, right? But nobody really tells you that. If your goal is fresh from the garden all the time, then to me, I'm going to want tomatoes of every color, every shape, every size. I want to enjoy going out and picking. And that means that I want to have a lot to pick and I want it to be gorgeous. My goals decide what it is that I'm going to plant. And so does where I live. If your goal is any kind of squash, zucchini, or pumpkin, and you live in the South, your varieties need to be squash vine borer resistant. And you need to plant early and often because chances are those borers are gonna get your squash and zucchini. So frustrating. I've been there. I have been through garden years where I didn't harvest a single squash. It is not fun. So choosing the right varieties is going to make things so much better for you. It's also going to make things so much more fun. A garden that you love, that's easy to grow, that's overproducing, and that's absolutely beautiful is a garden that you're going to want to go out to. It's a garden that you're going to enjoy your time in. It's a garden that you're going to want to invite people into. This is the wild child garden. It doesn't have to be all work and no play. In fact, the wild child garden requires about, I don't know, 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a week, something minimal, something very minimal. And the enjoyment every single minute that you're out there. Don't waste another season by just rushing over to the nursery in mid-March taking out those tomatoes from last year and putting in the new stuff and heavily fertilizing. I'm telling you, there is a better way. And I think that when you experience taking time to focus on your soil, spending some time testing your soil, amending your soil where needed, when you take time to actually plan out your garden, set your garden goals, decide what it is that you want to actually grow in this garden and what do you want to experience at the end of the season, 
That's something that a lot of us never think about. How do I want to feel at the end of this garden season? Let me tell you how I want to feel at the end of a garden season. I want to know that my garden holds more stories at the end of this season than it did at the end of the last. I want to know that my garden was a destination. It was a place that I looked forward to going. It was a place that I enjoyed. I want to know that I've made lots of memories in my garden. I want to pick 52 weeks a year. I want to garden 52 weeks a year. I want to enjoy what I have in that space 52 weeks a year. I want a garden that makes me feel differently about my food. I want to treasure what I have grown in this season. I want to be so proud. I want to take those rainbow harvest pictures. I love taking those pictures. I want to organize my vegetables like a rainbow on my kitchen counter and have it all laid out when everyone comes home. And I want everybody to see and I want them to pick what they want from my pile. I want a garden that changes the trajectory of my family's life. I want my kids to know the power of the garden. I want my kids to know where their food has come from. I want their kids to experience the power of the garden. When these are your garden goals, when these are the kinds of goals you're thinking about, and they don't have to be these kinds of goals. Your goals can be that you want to pickle cucumbers, or that you want to make strawberry jam. I've had both of those goals in years past. Those are amazing goals, great goals, such fun goals to reach. When you set garden goals, you're setting yourself up for success because you're deciding right then and there how it is that you want to feel at the end of the season. And then you can set your garden up to make sure that that is how you feel at the end of the season. And the way to do that is to put your soil first, to get a plan, and to choose the right varieties to help you reach your goals. Now, don't forget, I have my Wild Child Garden Guide ready for you. You can download it at the link below or at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash garden guide. This guide will help you get started and get you well on your way to a garden that is easy to grow that overproduces, and that is beautiful. The Wild Child Garden is the busy woman's garden. And if you have felt less than excited at the end of a season, then tune in because I've got so many great things planned for us this season. Start by downloading the Garden Guide, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Gardens at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me, and I will see you right back here next time. 